Hello, and welcome to Church at the Bridge. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly sermon podcast. Today we are starting a new series entitled Frequency, Tuning In to God's Voice. The title of today's message is, You Can Hear God. We hope you enjoy the word today. How you doing? You guys all right? It is a good morning, right? All right, I just wanted to check and make sure it is a good morning. Well, for those of you that don't know me, I am Pastor Jose. I'm the lead pastor here, and it is truly a pleasure to be here with you today. Today, I get the opportunity to point you back to God's Word. And I pray that uh, today your heart is open, your mind is open, and you are ready to receive the truth. I'm not here to give you my opinion. I'm here to simply point you back to what God says. Everybody all right with that? So today we're starting a new series. It's called Frequency. Tuning in to God's voice. Now, I want to start off with a statement, and this is actually the topic that I'm talking about today, and it's simply this. You can hear God. You can hear God. Now, here's what I just heard someone say. No, I can't. And I want you to reconcile where you might be as it pertains to this topic that you can hear God. I'm going to show you from God's word that you can hear God. The reason why we call this series Frequency is because God is always speaking. The question is, are you tuning in? Are you tuning in? There is never a moment where God is silent. Uh, There's never a time where God is silent. God has given us his word. God has spoken his truth. And as we're going to see today in scripture, God is always speaking. But are you tuning in? Are you tuning in? Now, most people have turned to God with questions, with cares, and requests. In other words, they've talked to God only to end up with a feeling of frustration because they believe God did not respond. You ever been there? Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, give me wisdom. Oh, God, uh, talk to me. Oh, God, show me. And then we don't get the results that we want, and what we say is God hasn't spoken. God isn't answering my prayers. I want you to understand that hearing God is completely different than what we think it's supposed to be. When we feel heard, here's what we expect, results. That's how the natural man communicates. So I pray that you open your ears and that you consider if you've ever taken time to truly listen to God. I want to read to you a quick story, an analogy that I came across. It says that a man tells a story about a special friend he made while he was just a boy. When quite young, Paul's father had one of the first telephones In their neighborhood. This is a long time ago. And Paul was too little to reach the telephone. But used to listen with fascination when his mother talked to it. Then Paul discovered that somewhere inside the wonderful device lived an amazing person. Her name was Information, please. And there was nothing she did not know. Information, please, could supply anybody's number And the correct time. Paul's first personal experience with this genie in the bottle, so to speak, came one day while his mother was visiting a neighbor. Amusing himself at the tool bench in the basement, Paul hacked his finger with a hammer. The pain was terrible. But there didn't seem to be any reason in crying because there was no one home to give him sympathy. He walked around the house sucking his throbbing finger, finally arriving at the stairway. The telephone. Quickly, Paul ran for the footstool in the kitchen and dragged it into the landing by the phone. Climbing up, he unhooked the phone receiver and held it to his ear. Information, please, he said into the mouthpiece just above his head. A click or two and a small, clear voice spoke into Paul's ear. Information? I hurt my finger, Paul wailed into the phone. Isn't your mother home, came the question. Nobody's home but me, Paul blubbered. Are you bleeding, the voice asked. No, he replied. I hit my finger with the hammer and it hurts. 
Can you open your icebox, she asked. Uh, He said he could. Then chip off a little piece of ice and hold it to your finger, said the voice. After that, Paul called information, please, for everything. He asked for help with his geography homework, and she told him where Philadelphia was. She helped him with his math. She told Paul that his pet chickmunk, which he had caught uh, just in the park the day before, would eat fruit and nuts. Then there was the time Petey, the pet canary, died. Paul called and told her the sad story. She listened, and then she said the usual things grown-ups say to soothe the child. But Paul was inconsolable. He asked her, why is it that birds should sing so beautifully and bring joy to all families only to end up as a heap of feathers on the bottom of a cage? She must have sensed his deep concern, for she said quietly, Paul, always remember that there are other worlds to sing in. Somehow, he felt better. When Paul was nine years old, his family moved across the country to Boston. Paul missed his friend very much. Information, please, belonged in that old wooden box at home, and he somehow never thought of trying the tall, shiny new phone that sat on the table by the hall in their new home. As he grew into his teens, the memories of those childhood conversations never really quite left him. Often, in moments of doubt and perplexity, Paul would recall the serene sense of security he had then. He appreciated now how patient, understanding, and kind she was to have spent her time on a little boy. A few years later, on his way to West College, Paul's plane put down in Seattle. He had about a half, half an hour or so between planes, and so he spent 15 minutes on the phone with his sister, who now lived there. Then, without thinking what he was doing, Paul dialed his hometown operator and said, Information, please. Miraculously, he heard the small, clear voice he knew so well. Information. He hadn't planned this, but he heard himself saying, Could you please tell me how to spell fix? There was a long pause. Then came the soft-spoken answer. I guess your finger must have healed by now. Paul laughed. So it really is still you, he said. I wonder if you have any idea how much you meant to me during that time. I wonder, she said, if you know how much your calls meant to me. I never had any children, and I used to look forward to your calls. Paul told her how often he had thought of her over the years and asked if he could call her again when uh, he came back to visit his sister. Please do, she said. Just ask for Sally. Three months later, Paul was back in Seattle. But a different voice answered. Information. He asked for Sally. Are you a friend, she asked. Yes, a very old friend, Paul answered. I'm sorry to have to tell you this, she said. Sally's been working part-time the last few years because she was sick. She left us about five weeks ago. Before he could hang up, she said, wait a minute, is this Paul? Yes, Paul replied. Well, Sally left a message for you. She wrote it down in case you ever called again. Let me read it to you. The note said, tell him I still say there are other worlds to sing in. He'll know what I mean. I want you to think about this story, and I want you to consider that the the lesson that information please taught Paul and it teaches us is this it's the gift of listening of listening you know everyone hears but the question is do we always listen and to make this a little bit more personal everyone hears God but not everyone is listening see there's two types of hearing when it comes to God and when he speaks. The two types are what I'll call, one is general revelation and one is specific revelation. And the difference between them is simply this, that general revelation is everyone can hear God. Now, specific revelation requires listening because that takes leaning into what God is saying. Let me show you what I mean as it pertains to general revelation from Psalm 119, verses 1 through the first half of verse 4. It says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God, 
the skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. Listen to what Romans chapter 1 verses 19 and 20 says. It says, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Listen to what the scriptures are saying. Every single person has come to the place or will come to the place of revelation and inquiry of God based on creation. Here's what it sounds like. Maybe you don't remember asking yourself this. But here's what it sounds like. Where did the skies come from? How did the stars know to stay in place every single night? How did that tree know to grow? See, what some fail to realize is that all creation is a clear communication from God as to who he is. It's an invitation to know him. And all you have to do is lean in. I want you to consider just science for a second. You know, the earth is located at the right distance from the sun. It's so exact. The earth operates roughly between minus 30 degrees to 120 degrees, depending on where you are at. And if you're like me, you don't want to be at minus 30, right? But anyway, right, that happens here on this earth. And yet, um, if the earth were any further away from the sun, we would all freeze. And if it was just a fraction of an inch closer, we would all burn up. That's how exact this world is. This earth remains in perfect distance from the sun while it rotates around the sun at a speed of nearly 67,000 miles per hour. It is exact. The earth follows its axis exactly in the same position always. That does not happen by chance, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to consider this. The human brain processes an amazing amount of information. Your brain takes in all the colors and objects that you see, the temperature around you, the pressure of your feet against the floor, the sounds around you, the dryness of your mouth, even the texture of everything that you touch. Your brain holds and processes all your emotions, your thoughts, and memories, and at the same time, your brain keeps track of every function of your body, like your breathing patterns, your eyelid movements, your hunger, and movements of the muscles in your hands. The human brain processes more than a million messages a second. A second. That's how exact the brain is. The human brain weighs the importance of all this data and it filters out what's relatively unimportant. The screening function of our brain is what allows us to focus and operate effectively in this world while at the same time processing all this information. Think of this. Much of life seems uncertain, but look at what we can count on day after day. Things like gravity, a hot cup of coffee, I wish this was different, will eventually turn cold. Coffee is meant to stay hot, ladies and gentlemen. It's not meant for ice cubes. Anyway, let's get back to the, let's get back to the sermon. Just had to plug that in. That's part of the gospel. No, I'm just kidding. But I want you to think about that, right? Listen, the earth rotates in the same 24 hours, and the speed of light doesn't change on earth or the galaxies from all around us. How is it that we can identify laws of nature that never change? They remain consistent. If I haven't bored you enough, 
let me just give you this to think about. Did you know that every cell of our bodies, in every cell of our bodies, there exists a detailed instruction code? It's called DNA. You know what's interesting about DNA? Uh, like a computer, you know, I don't, don't want to geek you out. I don't, don't want to be a geek here. But computers operate on two codes, one and zero. And there's a series of numbers that all run in a sequential manner that tell the computer how it's supposed to function. Do you know that DNA is that exact? DNA is made up of 3 billion different codes that all work together in one symmetrical way. Um, and the way that they're arranged tell us how we're supposed to function. Why is that amazing? I'll tell you why that's amazing. Because one has to ask, how did this information program wind up in each human cell? If you just take a moment to consider creation and its design, it leads you to this point. Could it be that there truly is a God? This is what the scripture is saying. The scripture is saying that all creation, everything points us to God. So if you've ever said to yourself, God doesn't speak to me, I beg to differ. The question is, have you leaned in and listened to know God? Now, specific revelation is... God speaking and we leaning in and drawing exactly what God's saying. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 11 and 13 puts it this way. It says, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. Listen, specific revelation is the direct communication of God to our spirit. God does not speak to you and I according to our emotions. You ever heard this one? Oh, everything's going bad, so God must be speaking to me. Not according to Scripture. Oh, I feel goosebumps. Not according to Scripture. We might respond to the circumstances around us. We might even respond to the truth of God. But God speaks clearly. Clearly. And he speaks to our spirit. I just heard somebody say, well, what does that mean? I'm glad you asked that question. Stay with me here. You'll see what, I, what we're talking about. And so, listen, if God is speaking, why aren't many hearing? I'm glad you brought that up. 1 Corinthians 2.14 answers that question. It says, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned through the Spirit. Listen to what John 3, 6, and 7 says. This is Jesus speaking to a man named Nicodemus. This man was highly esteemed by all those around him. He was part of the religious elite. As a matter of fact, people turned to him as one that would speak for God. And watch what Jesus says to him. John 3, verse 6 and 7. It says, humans can reproduce only human life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must.
be born again. Now, let me just put it to you this way. For how old are you, brother, if you don't mind me asking? You mind me sharing that? No, you don't, okay, he doesn't mind me. He's 53 years old, right? It took you 53 years to get to this point in life. 53 years of information, 53 years of experience, 53 years of knowledge, 53 years of processing things, 53 years of developing your perception of how you uh, relate to the world and to people and to things, 53 years. Jesus is talking to a man in his old age, and he says, you must be born again. And here's what he's saying to him. Listen, it's going to take something different than what you know. God does not relate nor speak to you and I based upon what you know. I'll tell you why. Because God is spirit. You might say, well, what does that mean? So are you. See, we look at ourselves based upon what we see, what we feel, what we taste, what we touch, what we do, and we say, this is who I am. That is a lie. Who you are is so much more. The Bible says that you are spirit, soul, and body. This is a shell. This is a tool that your spirit uses. But if this spirit is not aligned with the truth of the word of God, you will never hear the voice of God because you can't know God. That doesn't mean that God isn't speaking. It just means... You're not tuned in to the right channel. See, there's an important step to hearing God. I'm going to say this again for emphasis. You can hear God. You can hear God. You can hear God. That's good news. Listen to John 10, verses 1 through 4 and verse 11. This is Jesus speaking, and he's speaking to a group of people called Pharisees. And in John 10, he's calling them out. He's calling them out. He's putting them on blast, basically. He's saying, hey, you guys are a bunch of liars. He's saying, you guys, you speak as if you speak for God, but you're not speaking for God. And watch why he identifies, how he identifies that. And listen in clearly because there's a key for us. He says, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. So here's what he's talking about. He's talking about sheep trying to get into the sheep pen. And he says, if you don't come through me, I'm the gate. He says, you're not a sheep, you're a thief and a robber. Verse 2, he says, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them Watch this, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. In verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So what do we see here? Let me point something out to you that you were not created to lead your life according to the voice of men. But the voice of God. You were not created to lead your life according to your experiences, to your education. The scriptures clearly declare that his sheep, they know his voice, but watch what they also do. They follow him. They follow him. They follow him. Listen, I know that for those of you that know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, or maybe you don't, but you've heard this as well. 
This world acknowledges this, that the message of the gospel is that Jesus Christ died for the sin of the world, right? That's true. But you know what we fail to realize? In John chapter 10, Jesus is literally talking about leading his people and that they can hear him. And watch what he says in that context. Verse 11, let's put that up again. He says, I'm the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but here's what we see herein. That Jesus not only laid down his life for, you, for your sin, but he laid down his life so you could hear his voice. God is speaking. The question is, are we listening? And this leads us to a very important point. Here's a reality that I, I pray you get and that you see and that you hear this morning. That only those that follow Christ can hear his voice. See, God speaks to the entire world. That's general revelation. You look at the sky, it says something about God. You look at... The, the, the trees, it says something about God. You look up at your makeup. If I, I don't think we think that deep. I don't think we give ourselves the opportunity to go that deep. But everything speaks about God. See, everybody can hear God, but not everyone listens to God. And so sheep don't just follow anyone. They may start off after someone, but they will only remain after the one who feeds them, tends to them, cares for them, and protects them. If you would just lean in beyond just there is a God, and we begin to seek God, what you begin to see is that God is good. What you begin to see is that God is the one who's sustained you and brought you through some of the toughest times in life. And what you would begin to see is this, that God is drawing me and inviting me and calling me. And you begin to discover his leading and his guidance. And so for the next couple of moments that I have, I want to look at the life of a young man named Samuel. The Bible gives us the account of this young man's uh, early years and beyond, but we're just going to focus on his early years. And the thing about Samuel is this, that Samuel was a miracle child, just like you. He was determined by God. He was called by God. You are a miracle. God created you in his image, in his likeness. He designed you specifically for something. And so, uh, the way the story goes, and we don't have time to get into it, but I encourage you to go check out 1 Samuel yourself, the first couple of chapters. Uh, the way it goes is uh, Samuel's mother, Hannah, was barren. And she found herself before the Lord one day, and she was talking to God, and she said, God, grant me a child. Grant me a son. And she says, and I will dedicate this child to be in service to you all the days of his life. And so God opens her womb. She has this child, Samuel. And eventually comes the day where after she's weaned him um, and he's now in his toddler years that she brings him to the temple and she gives him over to the temple and he grows up in the temple in service. And so 1 Samuel chapter 3 verses 1 through 11 gives us an insight to the first time that Samuel hears God. Now, here's the thing that you got to get. Samuel was born to know God, to serve God, and to hear God like you. But that didn't happen right away. Let's see what we learn from Samuel's story in 1 Samuel 3, verses 1 through 11. Starting at verse 1, it says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Eli was the high priest uh, in that year. Now, in those days, the messages from the Lord were very rare. You know that word rare there doesn't mean simply that they were, that God hardly spoke. That word rare there actually speaks of value. It talks about value. So people weren't really tuning in the way they should at that point. But there was great value in the messages that when God spoke. And so back to the text. That was just a fun fact for you. It says, 
Uh, now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. And one night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. In other words, Samuel was positioned in a most holy place where God's presence dwelled. So watch where he was. And suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? And he got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. And so he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. So Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. And so the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. And so he said to Samuel, go and lie down again, and if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And so Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. Let's stop there. You can read the rest of that chapter for your own benefit. I encourage you to do so. Um, but what we see is that from a young age, God spoke to Samuel. But Samuel wasn't always tuned in. See, there was a point in his life that he was serving God, but he wasn't hearing God. He was in the temple. He was serving God, but he wasn't listening to God. See, it's possible for each and every one of us to be serving God, loving God, reading the Bible, going to church, singing Christian songs. Everybody can do that. But Samuel had to get to a place where he listened. So how did that happen and what can we learn from his experience? First thing I want to leave you here with today is that in order to hear God, you have to cease from listening to people. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Prior to this life-changing moment in his life, Samuel had heard about God. It's most possible that he had spoken to God, he had prayed to God. And listen, what we know is that he grew up in the temple, so he grew up in church. Everything that he did up until this point, though, depended upon the high priest. He relied on Eli to teach him about God. Now, look, I am not against church attendance. I encourage it. But let me tell you that God never intended for you to speak to him through me. And God never designed you to hear his voice solely through me. See, what I do week in and week out, what we do here is we teach the word. But what we're trying to teach you is the voice of God. And oftentimes, if we're not careful, what we will do is we will grow so accustomed to church and religion and monotony and day in, day out that we'll listen to Christian songs, we'll watch Christian TV, we'll uh, read Christian articles, all in hopes of hearing God through someone else. God's not that impersonal, ladies and gentlemen. God hasn't called you to a second-hand relationship. God is personal. See, it wasn't until Samuel sought to hear God for himself. Listen, he hears God, and guess who he runs to? Eli, the high priest. Isn't it true that we do that sometimes? 
oh, pastor, pastor, let me share with you what God's telling me. I just need confirmation why God's word isn't enough. Listen, it wasn't until Samuel sought to hear God for himself that he did. It wasn't until Samuel said, speak, Lord. I, your servant, am listening. He wasn't just listening for the audible voice of God. Samuel was listening for God's specific word. And it changed his life. I want you to notice something about Samuel. Samuel's approach to God wasn't casual. In the beginning, he thought it was Eli calling him. But then there came a point where he was intentional and he said, God, speak, Lord. I, your servant, am listening. You have to lean in. Which leads me to our second point here today as we close out. That in order to hear God, you have to draw near. Samuel was way off in his room sleeping. You know, if we're not careful, we can live life that way. Off in our own room somewhere sleeping. He's off in his room sleeping and God kept rousing him up from his slumber with an invitation and call. Samuel. Samuel. Samuel, Samuel. In other words, God was specifically speaking to him. But Samuel couldn't tune in to God until he finally drew near. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. This reminds me of a guy named Moses. He's born to be a deliverer. He's a Hebrew in an Egyptian palace. And he knows it. And he has a heart for the people of Israel. So much so that he goes and he kills an Egyptian who was abusing a Hebrew. Right? He tried to get ahead of the plan and the call. It turns out bad for him. So 40 plus years later, he finds himself living as a recluse. Apart from people. In hiding. And according to him, he probably thought far from God. And he's up on this mountain with a bunch of animals leading these sheep. The Bible tells us that this mountain was known as the mountain of God. When all of a sudden he comes upon a burning bush that was not being consumed. In other words, it was burning, but it wasn't turning to ash. The leaves were intact. The branches were intact. And at this site, most people would probably run, right? You probably think this is some paranormal activity, right? You take off, right? But Moses, the Bible tells us, draws near to see this great site. Listen to Exodus 3, 4 through 6. It says, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him, from within the bush. Moses. Moses. Sound familiar? Samuel. Samuel. Hasina. Hasina. Jim. Jim. Carlos. Carlos. Robert. Robert. Kathy. Kathy. Listen, God's calling out. And so it says that Moses said, Here I am. Verse 5, do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. You know what God's simply saying there? You can't come, you can't approach me with the same shoes that you walked in previously. In other words, leave that behind you. There's something holy and new and different that I'm inviting you to. That's a whole other sermon. Verse 6. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. 
Listen, God was in the mist, but it wasn't until Moses drew near that God called out to him from within the bush. Let me put it to you this way. It wasn't until Moses said, enough with the animals, enough with this life, let me draw near to God. It wasn't until that moment that he was able to hear God. If you study the life of Moses, his life took a drastic turn from this point forward. Moses discovered God's voice and his leading, and he went on to be a great vessel for God's purposes. That's your story too. That's our story. God calls out, Moses, Moses, Samuel, Samuel. You know, you can insert your name in this story because it's your story too. You know what I love about this when I think about it? You know, God doesn't have to raise his voice for us to hear him. You know why? Because he's always that close. You know when you raise your voice, when you yell, when you shout out somebody's name? Because they can't hear you. The Bible puts it this way. Jesus says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am always with you to the end of the age. How is it that we can believe that God is so close that he never leaves us and he never forsakes us, but we can somehow come to a place of conclusion in our mind where we say, God doesn't speak to me. It's not possible. But you know, this whole deal of drawing near, it's not about physical proximity. It's about a heart inclined and seeking only God. Can you hear God speaking to you right now? Can you hear his invitation to your life? Come on. Take those shoes off. You don't have to walk in that life anymore. I'm inviting you somewhere else. Holy ground. Holy place. Holy calling. A new life. The last point that I want to leave you here with today as we close out, and I'm leaving you on a cliffhanger because this series is going to change your life. I encourage you to be here week in, week out. I encourage you to bring someone with you. I encourage you to dare to invite someone to hear the word of God in a manner that is understandable and clear that God's voice comes through clearly because it's God's word. It's time that we begin to press in and tune in to the voice of God because he's speaking. Let me just put it like this to you. You cannot afford not to hear God's voice every day of your life. The last point I want to leave you with here today is simply this, that in order to hear God, you have to decide. Let me tell you what I mean. Proverbs twenty twelve says this. Ears that hear and eyes that see. Watch what it says. The Lord has made them both. Listen. You have the ability to hear God. Because God created you to hear him. God created you to see his vision, his plans, his purpose. But hearing God's plan, God's direction, God's wisdom, that's your choice. Listen to the words of Jesus regarding this matter in Matthew 13, 15. It says, for this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear. Watch this. And their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. I want you to see how this works here. Listen, listen to the last portion of this. 
Jesus says, they close their eyes. Here's what he's implying. They shut their ears. But if they hadn't, watch what would happen. They would see with their eyes. They would hear with their ears. Watch the first step. You're able to see and you're able to hear the voice of God. But watch what comes as a result of that. And they would understand with their heart and turn and watch what comes next. Your healing. Listen, it all begins with a decision. I'm making the choice that God in His voice, God in His word, God in His wisdom, God in His ways is number one in my life. You can hear God. Let's stand here today. I know this beyond a shadow of a doubt. That for some of you, here's where you are. There's a recognition, an acknowledgement, an understanding that you have at this moment that says, My God, you've been speaking the whole time. And for some of us, what we're also recognizing is this. It's I that haven't been listening. I've placed more value and importance on other things. I've placed more value and importance on my own selfish desires. I've been trying to crowd, uh, stick you into my crowded life instead of turning the volume down on everything else so I can hear your still, small voice that still speaks. Today, there's an invitation. God is drawn near. He's always been there. But today, there's an opening of eyes right here in this place. For those of you watching online, there's an acknowledgement within you that says, God, you've been speaking to me. And here's the point. Here's where I want to lead you to. Here's the action step that I want to invite you to take. Will you respond maybe for the first time? Lord, here I am, your servant. I'm listening. I'm making the decision to listen to your voice. I'm making the decision to tune in to you above all. Won't you make that decision today? Won't you turn the volume down on everything else that overwhelms you, that burdens you, that robs you of the joy and the peace and the wisdom of God? Decide today. Lord, here I am, your servant. Speak to me. Take a moment. Take a moment right there, right now. To connect with God in such an intimate way that you say, God, I'm drawing near to you. I want to always follow you and know your voice. If that's your heart's desire, here's the promise of Jesus My sheep know my voice. And they follow me. Father, today we simply respond by saying yes. Here I am, Lord, your servant. I'm listening. Go ahead and you tell God however you want to express that to him. God, here I am. Your servant, speak. Your servant is listening. It'll change your life. It'll open up new opportunities. It'll show you a better way. It'll renew your mind. It'll give you true life. It's very possible that there's someone here today, or maybe you're joining us online, and you're realizing, God, you've always been speaking to me. You've always been trying to draw me. You've always been inviting me. You know, it all begins 
by listening to the gospel message. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That he saw the depravity of man. That we were void of the ability to be right with God because we were stuck in sin. And so God said, I am going to implement the most beautiful plan. I'm going to become like them, die a death that's only worthy of of, of a person who's guilty. I'm going to die their death and take on their guilt so that they can be free of sin and be right with me and know me and know my voice and follow me. If today there's an acknowledgement in you that you need God and for the very first time you are praying this with a heartfelt prayer, you're crying out to God and you're saying, God, I need you. God, I need your voice. I want to invite you right here, right now to raise your hands, to pray this prayer of faith, of acknowledgement with us. Let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, I believe. You are the Son of God. I believe you died and you rose again. I believe you did it because you love me. And so today I declare you're my Lord and Savior. And I call you my God. And from this day forward, I will follow you. I will seek you. And I will hear your voice. Come on now, if you prayed that for the very first time, maybe you're making a decision to just get back with God. We celebrate what Jesus is doing in your life. Don't leave here without sharing with someone the truth of what God has done in your life. We want to walk alongside you. Now, Lord, we thank you for the truth of your word. We celebrate Jesus. And we leave here declaring we're listening. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. God bless you guys. Have a great weekend. We'll see you again next Sunday.